You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off last time, Val and Jules were back together again in terms of physically. Jules came over to Val's house was like, I'm not actually going to deal with her not answering the phone anymore. I'm going to confront her face to face and we're going to talk about it. And I'm finally free and Lucia is dead and I need to be with my little darling, even if we're not actually officially together. So she came and she stalked Val while Val was sleeping and... <laughs> then fell Don't away. say it like that. <laughs> well, she was kind of hovering. <laughs> she also found out that Val was pretty much the reason that she was saved. It's true. I think she has a lot of gratitude. Big, they have big, messy, complicated soulmate feelings toward one another, Sheena. They do, and it's the best kind to have for us to watch. And, um,. And then when when Val woke up, they had this very serious conversation where Val was super hopeful that it it was all just a lie about uh, Jewel sleeping with Sergio. And there was this really hopeful kind of twinkle in her eye when she said, does that mean it was a lie that you actually slept together? And then when Jewel sort of pulls the face, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but it wasn't. Then Val's face just dropped entirely. And there was this very complicated sets of emotions and even though Jules was like it didn't mean anything and Val was like did you like it and she was like no I didn't like it and there was this whole conversation and then eventually Val just couldn't she she noped out of the conversation and went to go get dressed for Lucio's funeral which I think is you know is fair given what she found out and you know what they kind of have to go do today I think she didn't want to take on more than she could really emotionally handle and today was going to be hard no matter what so I get why she did what she did I don't like it obviously because I want them to process their feelings and be happy but they are not there yet absolutely and I think it's more realistic that they didn't just oh well that's okay all right so now we're with Lucia and Sylvina comes up to her and basically says to her in a kind of a very long drawn out way that she doesn't want Jules and Lupe to be living in her house anymore. She's worried that they're the the family of a hitman and Lucia is responding very interestingly because she's like oh no but we don't actually know that. Sylvina is talking about no no but we do know that that's his wife and child but now we also know that she's falling for Jacob, Lucia, and Jacob were kind of hooking up. So this is it's quite a, a sore thing for her to hear about his family. I'm guessing that's what's going on here. Yeah, no, that's what's going on. I'm just kind of thinking about, I forgot about this scene, and I think last episode we were kind of talking about your thoughts and my thoughts on Sylvina and... <clears throat> Yeah, I think that this is, it's kind of a shady thing for her to do. Obviously, there need to be people in the show that are pushing the plot forward. 
but this is causing so Lucia already knows that there's stuff about Hakabo's past that she doesn't understand and they're growing closer and you know I don't think at this point she knows that it's her dead husband in his body that she's falling in love with again after she tried to have him killed now she's finding out that these people are his children but she is Chibi's in no uncertain terms is like well can you you know can you please get them out of my house like I don't want them in my house and she goes and does that immediately after she sees Juliana so you know it's it's a very tactical thing on her part and I don't think I've ever really understood what her end game is maybe to just genuinely protect Valentina and that's the best way she thinks to do it but I still think that that's like uh, I'm not team Chivis right now you know it's so funny because when I was re-watching this just before the episode so that I could actually talk about what we were watching I was like dude I need to stop saying oh this character is doing this and this for good reasons because the very next episode we see them doing something shady and I'm like darn I forgot about that (laughs) but it's you know people are complicated and I think that that's what this show does very well that it's not black and white and a lot of stuff is a matter of the perspective that you're coming from when you make a decision yeah I think the show does a a very good job of not just being cut and dry that's something that really speaks to you hey is coming from a perspective and and really showcasing how differing perspectives can clash and and still both be right yeah very succinct okay okay I think these are such funny sorry we're looking at the screen with the um funeral outfits they're very interesting I expected them to be a little more dressed up for the funeral given the high society world they come from I mean Sergio is quite dressed up no I would expect him to be in a suit at minimum they look nice but they're not dressed up no you're right they're actually relatively casual so now we we see Jules on the one side, Val in the middle and Sergio on the other side, walking through like a park, which I think is actually uh, Val's house, like their garden or something. And they're talking about the funeral and they're talking about like Lucha's father's speech and his family and how unhappy they are and how hectic the whole thing was. Shame. And then Sergio says towards the end, all they did was fight him and Lucha. And Val so sweetly says, well, it's what all siblings do. Yeah, I think it's it's so interesting because they do very well this idea of putting it in perspective that everybody can be mad at each other, but when something bigger happens, you kind of like come together and you just push that to the side for the moment for the more pressing. Ugh, Chivis just walked into the scene. Where's she come from? But yeah, they you know, Val hugs Sergio, who she's so mad at right now. And Juliana is there as well, who Val is mad at. Because, you know, they're they're basically in like a weird convoluted love triangle, but they're all supporting one another. What's interesting for me about the whole thing is when Jules hugs, because it becomes kind of a group hug, when Jules hugs she makes sure she's hugging on the side where Val is so that she's not actually hugging Sergio and I think that that's very on purpose like she doesn't want to give him any mixed signals right but she wants to support Val 
who is obviously struggling right now too with her guilt. Yeah, and then because they're they are at Val's house on the grounds walking around, Chivis like pops out of nowhere and Sergio has grown up with her, so she comes and gets him to like feed him and give him a nap or something. Because I think you know, and I think that we didn't necessarily see as much of it, but I think, you know, their lives before Juliana came into them were a lot of them just like showing up at Valentina's house or them all hanging out at Val's house because they got to kind of do whatever they wanted. Um, So it's obvious that he feels very comfortable there. When he first met Juliana, they cooked popcorn in the kitchen, just the two of them. It's like that friend that you've kind of grown up at their house. So it's not out of left field, but it's very helpful because he gets taken away so that they can then have a conversation together. So for as upset as I am at Chivis right now, I am also happy because she, you know, very mixed feelings about these characters. They give and they take. (laughs) But she gives Val and Juliana uh, the space to have a a conversation. And so Jules actually takes Val to sit at a table and she's leaning in towards Val and you can see she's serious she wants to engage and so she starts telling Val about oh this is the Beltran Jacob thing and Alcino is in Beltran's body basically now if you recall Val was the one that was all about transmutation is real and you can be in in each other's bodies and now she's the one who's like I don't necessarily believe that this is the case and Jules is saying to her, no, but I could swear that it was the same energy as my father. And, you know, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Right. And I think the the tone of this conversation is Juliana feels like she believes it, but she still doesn't want to believe it because that doesn't kind of fit in with her worldview of what she expects can happen. And they're talking about Jacob and they're saying, you know, well, I guess he's not a hitman. And she's like, no, he's got my father's body, but not his soul. And then we cut to a bit later and they're sitting on some comfortable looking outdoor furniture. Sergio's asleep somewhere in the house. Yeah, these scenes are all just them kind of having like hard, weird conversations. And the last one was definitely bent toward pushing the overall plot forward so that Juliana can kind of download this information onto Val and they can all get on the same page. But, you know, now this is more so a conversation about them and who they are to one another and what's going on with their relationship and that, you know, Valentina still has a significant amount of guilt over Lucho's death, which is fair because they were just at his funeral like an hour ago. It's so interesting, all the sort of underlying things that are happening in the scene as well, because they're saying these things, but it's also like the body language and stuff. Jules is facing much more towards Val than Val is towards Jules. Uh, Val's facing a bit away. She's got a kind of a closed off body language. And every now and then her eyes sort of flick across to Jules and there's a vulnerability in it. It's this, it's the, this, it makes me feel like it's this kind of thing of, the woman I love is sitting here, but I'm having a lot of feelings about a lot of things, and I'm I'm still very hurt by what she did. And I don't even think it's about, like, necessarily at this point what Juliana did, because if you're, you know, if you're, like, a, a 
pure Julian Tina shipper and you're like, hey, issues are out of the way. They should be together. Like this should be the scene where they profess your love. Like you actually can make an argument for that. Lucho's out of the way. Juliana has said in no uncertain terms that she's not into Sergio and that what she had with Val was so much more real. But then the thing that is keeping them apart right now are just their feelings about these different things. It's not, you know, there are still issues with like society at large and like how difficult probably their relationship would be. But I think that Valentina is grappling with a significant amount of guilt over Lucho's death and the part she played in it. And I think more than anything, feeling guilty about the idea of even being happy is something that she's struggling with. And then being hurt by what Juliana did. But again, like it's not, she was like, I don't love him. I don't want to be with him. They haven't said, you know, that means they want to be with each other. But like in this scene, Val is, or Juliana is pretty much saying it without saying it. I, this, if somebody told me this in real life, I would be frustrated to no end because we're talking, last episode we were talking about like if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. <laughs> she's saying that like, I've never felt closer to you. And it's like, one, that's such a gay thing to say. And two, like, what does that mean? Like, oh, we're bonded forever, but we just won't be in a relationship? Like, get out of here. Well, I think she's actually trying to bridge the gap in this conversation without actually saying I want us to be a couple again. Because she's literally saying things like, after everything we've been through, we're closer than ever. And then there's the touch. Like, Jules leans over and grabs... Val's wrist and says what's between us is so strong and I know we're not together anymore but it's like you know it's so strong but they're not together because Juliana broke up with her like I know we're not together anymore she says it like it's something that's like beyond her control (laughs) silly and baby Valentina she is just going through it she is and she's already dealing with a lot of stuff around Lucha's death and feeling super guilty and stuff and she's both relieved that Jules is okay, but also really devastated by the fact that she slept with Sergio. She has not processed this. She heard it directly from Jules. Then they buggered off to the funeral and now they're back from the funeral. This didn't happen that long ago. So when she says, I don't know, I, you know, I need time. I don't know what to tell you. They both rock a middle part so well, which like should not be the case. Like I, most people don't and they both do. And it's, I notice it all the time as somebody with long hair who kind of like parts it to the side because the middle part is not the way to go. Very much respect for that. Maybe it's because they have very symmetrical faces. Maybe. Is that what would do it? I have no idea. I have never considered hair in my life before, but here we go in this particular context. But it would make sense to me that people with symmetrical faces could work with a middle part better than people without symmetrical faces. I'm going to look that up. Okay, cool. And then Val is like, she needs a bit of time and space, honestly, and Jules is kind of like, you know what? I'm here for whatever you want. Lobs it into Val's court, though, and I'm just like... What's interesting, though, is Jules is also very afraid of losing Val entirely and says, I don't think we should stop being friends or seeing each other. At which point Val is addressing another concern that she's had, which is, does that mean you're staying in the city? 
But everything is still so up in the air for Jules that she actually can't tell Val either way at this point, especially with her father's return. And now her father knows where they are staying right now. Yeah, but I mean, I think that this is the closest they've been in a long time to being on the same page. And in this conversation, they just set a really good foundation for getting back on like a better path for the two of them even if it's you know I don't like what the average Julian Tina shipper wanted to see in this scene they both held one another's hand and that was very important um and they got all of the lingering questions kind of out in the open you know Val asked if she was leaving Juliana said I didn't know which which was you know the honest answer but they're all of these like lingering they're starting to clear away the not the the like little problems because some of them are very big problems but they're starting to clear those away and there's hope all right so now we cut to uh, from this kind of relatively gentle emotional scene to a very jarring physical scene where beltran is attempting to rape lupe based on what we're seeing here he's grabbing her he's trying to kiss her she's shouting and pulling away yeah jules comes in hits him over the head with a bottle of alcohol with the the name machete on it which made me laugh so much because you know it's like a weapon and i you know i think the implication is that he drank that and he's really drunk and also i think probably you know again we're only seeing where these plot lines intersect with Huli and Tina. So they, there probably was this scene with just Lupe and him. And we saw more about what was going on, but I, yeah, there's no love loss for me. Like I really, I would have been okay if he would have died in that scene, but I know that that's not what was going to happen. He had this massive gash, lots of blood. Lupe was really worried. He was out cold. Lupe was like, don't die, don't die, don't die. And I mean, to be fair, they are proving Sylvina's point. Indeed. That they're going to mess up her house. (laughs) Shame. That is true. (laughs) I mean, you know, where's the lie? So now we back to Val... And she's sitting sadly, staring off into space. And her brother, Guy, Guy comes in and he's talking to her and he's like, "I believe you went to the funeral today. You know, I'm so sorry. I love you. I'm gonna stay here as long as you need in the house." And he's just being generally supportive and sweet. And then it's furthering his storyline with his friend, sorry, in jail. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. Like, a lot of their conversations, you know, they don't have really intersecting plot points. They just are, like, talking and supporting one another, which is sweet. But, yeah, like, we haven't seen Gia since, I think, Val got kidnapped? Did he get arrested before or after that? I don't actually remember if the timeline was, but... But this is just like every scene they have together. The two of them sitting, talking about their feelings. And then hugging and being all sweet. Yeah. And, you know. All right. So now we're with um, Lupe and Jules. They're trying to stop the bleeding on the back of Beltran's head. They've gotten him somehow onto this couch. And <laughs> 
One of my favorite parts of this is that Lupe is like, I don't understand why it's bleeding from that spot when you didn't hit him there. <laughs> and then he kind, of <laughs> and then he kind of wakes up. It's like the two of them are are actually quite funny when they get into these little situations because yeah. So he wakes up, he gets up, and then they start threatening him like, "Don't you try anything?" Yeah, and I think. I'm surprised you didn't mention again, like the juxtaposition between the very sweet scene with Gia and Val, and then we cut to this very like harsh. They're standing over, like he's not dead, but you know what are we gonna do about this person we thought we may have killed? Yeah, and he gets up and sort of hobbles. This dude's quite like philosophical about how his his new life is changing him and stuff. That didn't look so changed just now. This scene is important because he's bleeding from, like, the mark they all have when they switched bodies. Isn't it, like, a butterfly or something? I didn't realize they had a mark. Yeah. Do you? They have a mark, I think, and that's what he's bleeding from, and that's why Lupe is asking that. Because it is important that he's not necessarily bleeding from his head wound. He's bleeding from this other wound, which is, like, symbolic of what is what is happening here. Huh. So it's like he is behaving the way he was behaving beforehand and so he will be punished. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure what the symbolism is by no means something that's as far as I got with that because one I hate him and I don't Oh my god, there's no love lost. Like again, I know they won't kill him. But, like, I just would be so fine if... Because when he wakes up, he go, you know, he goes and, like, looks at himself in the mirror. And you said philosophical, which is, like, fine. But I don't think it's, like, very philosophically hard to make the jump of, when I drink, I'm a jerk. You know, wow, buddy. Revel- like, revelation of the century. So, he... Yeah. Like, they're pretty chill about the fact that he tried to rape Lupe and then... Juliana had to beat him over the head with a liquor bottle to get him to stop because he was in such a wild frenzy. Like, F that guy. Oh, completely. Um, and then Panchito uh, hears about it. Lupe tells him what was happening. And then Panchito charges across the room because he comes in, like, sort of towards the end of it and starts punching Beltran. And, like, you're an asshole. It's lovely. I love Panchito. Panchito up against this other dude who's actually bigger than him. Yeah. And has a history of violence and could probably, like, kill Panchito, frankly, with his bare hands. So he starts beating on Panchito and then stops himself. I like Panchito's uh, outfit. I want that outfit. I think I do have that <laughs> outfit. And then as Beltran has this moment of revelation or whatever, he walks up to his previous family and says to them, I'm so sorry for everything. Yeah. So two important things because they go really hard on the he did bad stuff. And then when Panchito attacks him, it's very clear that Beltran could hurt Panchito and stops and kind of like pats him or smacks him on the back and stands up and is like, no, I'm not going to hurt you. So that's his like first moment of redemption. And then, you know, walks away from the situation and seems to have genuine remorse and apologizes And also calls Juliana his daughter, 
which is an important thing to circle back on because for years and years, he was convinced that Juliana was not his daughter. And that's what he told her after he rescued her. And they kind of had that conversation that like, because he was always really, really poor to her just in a lot of different ways. But he was like, well, I thought, you know, I thought you weren't my child, which not absolution at all for what he did. But it, you know, I think it means something to her to be acknowledged by him in that way. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, Lupe has moments. He's like, how do you ask for a divorce from a zombie? Lupe has the best line in this. (laughs) How do you ask for a divorce from a late transmigrated zombie or whatever Chino is? It is the best line in the whole show. Yeah. It provides a nice levity after such a very serious scene. And she's saying that as the three of them, her, Panchito and Jules are walking out of the house onto the like patio thing. Yeah, so it's a very complicated thing because uh, Jules is like, you looked for him for a long time and Lupe's like, yeah, now he's back. And that's true, actually, because they were running from him, then they were looking for him, then they were running from him again. Now I guess they're running from him again. And Jules is very much like I told you. And she did, to be fair. <laughs> She's just like, let's be clear, I never wanted him in my life. Uh, and Lupe still, like, circling the whole thing of, you know, maybe we should... But he's he's nice now. I don't know, Lupe, she's got some serious issues when it comes to that man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And poor Panchito. Because they... Because Jules is saying we should leave. We should leave the city and get away from him. And Panchita doesn't want to lose Lupe. I don't know why, but there you have it. They were like childhood sweethearts. I know. He's too good for her, though. So this is their second chance romance. To be fair, he does make her a better person. Right, but she makes him a worse person because he, like, abandoned his family to run off and be with her when she showed up. This is true. He's trying to persuade them to stay in the city. He'll find them an apartment to stay in. He'll pay for it. Uh, It's a big city. You don't have to move to another city. Just give me like a day to sort it out. Yeah. And the, the scene with Beltran is like super traumatizing. And I hate that it happened. But again, it pushes them into this situation where it makes sense that even after Juliana was just saying like I want us to be in one another's lives like it makes sense that they would try and leave the city and get away because basically the whole tone was like you know he did something bad and then he felt guilty and then he apologized but at no point was it really their choice in the situation that they still there's not a world in which they could say we don't want to have a relationship with you and he would respect that. And I think that that is a really important thing that came about this conversation that even if somebody's, you know, quote unquote, doing better with their anger issues or their whatever, you know, they still don't have a lot of agency in their own lives when he's around. And for the first time in the whole show, Lupe and Hules are on the same page about both not wanting him in their lives. So this is the chance for them to like make a clean break without one kind of, you know, putting the other in danger. 
And now we see quite an important scene because after Panchita has basically convinced them to just give him some time and Jules is like, you know, he's right, mom. We actually don't even have the money to leave the city. So now Jules is off sitting by herself and it's on the same bench where her and her mother had that initial fight. Well, one of the, the ongoing fights that they had about, about her and Jules. There's been a lot of parallels in the past scenes. Like, I don't know if you felt it, but when they walk out the door and it's the three of them, very reminiscent of the scene where Juliana is kind of like dragging Valentina by the hand after Lupe catches them kissing and they get into a fight in the exact same spot that they're now having a conversation about leaving. And I'm 100% sure that was done on purpose to sort of start closing loops. Yeah. So they're sitting on this bench now, and they're even sitting in the same spots, like Lupe on the one side, Jules on the other side. Lupe says, is your decision to stay here in the city because you want to be near Valentina? And you can see Jules just kind of takes a breath and is like, I don't actually want to go down this road again. And Lupe reaches out to her and says, I don't want to argue with you. Well, she says, don't get like that, which I think is so funny. It's one such like a mom thing to say. It's such a good thing to say to Jules. Not good in the sense that, but like, you're like, oh yeah, she does get like that. Whatever that means. She gets like moody and sullen and withdrawn. Right. And it's, it's also just saying that reinforces that she is her mother, that they have this very strong relationship, that she knows her daughter. And then... When she says, you know, after all the things that Panchito has told me and, like, I've been able to understand that people of the same sex can fall in love. And she's being, like, very calm. And Jules is completely taken by surprise. And she looks at her mother with these big eyes. And Lupe talks about how Val risked her life. And says, that girl is very serious about you. And it's such a beautiful moment of just... Lupe coming around to to it and it's it's what we were all waiting for um and it made my little queer heart very happy yeah I think it's a very very well done scene and a couple of things I think given all of the really negative or kind of hurtful things Lupe had done in the past it would be easy for it to fall flat and for you to not really believe it and, you know, to use your term, like they're closing loops on these characters. But I don't feel that way. I think that overall it went pretty well. And Lupe saw the way, and, you know, she even says as much, she saw how Val was willing to put her life on the line. So it's like that coupled with, you know, Panchito in her ear nonstop about how she's just got to get over her prejudices and kind of supporting her and reinforcing this. It's normal. It's normal to help get her to kind of a, a point where she can understand it. But I think those two things, you know, it is believable that somebody who fell so far on one side of the line could come over and have this conversation with her and that they could have this like very sweet moment and it goes from you know I understand that you guys are together to Val or Juliana opening up about it to her mom which I think is very very sweet it wasn't just like oh I accept that you like her but now like Juliana is sharing things about the situation with her mother which I think is a whole other step which is very sweet and that I was happy to see 
Agreed. Jules goes on to tell Lupe that Valentina and I will probably not be together again. And Lupe looks sad about that. She's like, well, I hope you're wrong. And I love that because it was just exactly what she should have been saying from the beginning. Right. And she's like, because I love you and I want to see you happy. And this makes Jules so understandably emotional that she starts to sort of well up. And then Lupe gives her a kiss and a boop on the nose like mommies do. And it's just a beautiful moment. If they weren't so close to the end of the show and they wanted to stir the pot, Juliana could have gotten mad at her mom. Been like, well, we wouldn't be in a fight right now if you hadn't kept pushing me to sleep with a man so I knew what it was like. Because that's technically, it's cool that she and her mom are in, you know, and nobody's, nobody's choices are anybody's but their own. But I think it's a very interesting thing that she and Lupe are cool now. But because of what Lupe was putting in her ear over and over and over again, she made a decision that is now causing long-term ramifications with Valentina. But I don't think that Jules ever saw it that way. You saw it that way. I occasionally see it that way, depending on the day (laughs) and what I've just watched. But I don't think Jules ever saw it that way. I don't think she ever made that connection. Perhaps. <laughs> but that is where we're going to end today. Because I want to end today on a happy note. On a positive note. On a yay, mommy and daughter are back together again note. Yeah. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online, uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan, and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website, www.monicamccallan.com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.